Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode 110. I had to look at it. That's all right. I decided to randomly just shout out to people. Okay, shout out. Sherry, good to see you. All right. Hey, that you. could be a couple of different people. Yeah, you might be. If your name is Sherry, you mm-hmm. tell me who you think you I was talking to. You may even be a to. Sherry and we don't know who you are. <laughs> That's right. Saying Maybe I was sh- saying hi to you. Yeah, personally. All right, so I will tell you this. I'm glad you looked. I do know it. a Sherry that's out there watching. Okay. I do, I, in fact, I know two. <laughs> I am glad you checked the episode. I am not related to either of them. He <laughs> keeps talking, doesn't he? Look <laughs> yeah. we'll at him his own ISO camera. Anyway, he goes off. Oh, goes. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I realized afterwards that on I don't remember which episode it is, but there's two episodes of the Family Movie Night podcast where uh, I just completely say the wrong episode. Oh, do you? On two back-to-back, because we film back-to-back like mm-hmm. we do on these, and, mm-hmm. and it was just completely wrong. And mm-hmm. So anyway, if you're watching episode 15, I might call it episode 12. So. You know, we could write that. We Y'all can't see it, but we have a big whiteboard here in front of us. That we, we can just I, write it. Those, those are, that's my sketch out, and this is my detailed <laughs> outline. Detailed I, that, that like keep, he puts... Ed on my right, Nathan on my left. Make Ed sit a lot lower than me. You don't know this. Jason doesn't communicate with us the rest of the I would like Ed to be a foot lower than me. I like looking down on you. I know. Trust me, you can do that no matter what height you're at. You can always look down at Ed. Oh. Okay. Why are we here? I don't know, Jason. Why? Why are we here? All right. Uh, if you if if you're new to this podcast, you've turned it off by now. But uh, yeah. in case you are still here, my name is Jason. This is Ed on my right, lower than me. Nathan's on my left, and uh, we. Jason is on the throne. I am. I got the I got the big Game of Thrones seat Anyways. as always. So uh, yeah. So we're part of the teaching team. That would have been very disappointing if Game of Thrones was just to get this tan chair. And they're like, I've killed so many armies. I brought the dragons in. And then they come in, they're like, that's what we're going for? Here's your chair. Here's the great Iron Throne, and it's just this tan. Some people would have preferred that ending over what actually happened. I'm sure that's probably I did not watch it. I watched one part of one episode, and I go, not for me. Okay. Yeah. So we done ranting? I doubt it. I doubt it too. But you can get back to the point. You try. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna say the thing. Yeah, I'm supposed to. (laughs) So people know what we're doing here because they can't figure it out right now. Us to know what we're doing here. Yes. So we are here because we try to have conversations every week to help people think like Jesus. That's what we're trying to do. And we have failed. And we have failed already. I just noticed how you rushed through it before it got interrupted. I did. (laughs) Because that's that's my life. So, uh, today, uh, we have a question uh, that arose out of one of our uh, uh, small groups. They were having a discussion, oh. and then they said, well, why don't we just send that question... Ask those guys. ...to those guys who have no idea. No. Yeah. So, they did. And uh, this comes to us, and actually has a name attached to us, so you get to do another shout-out. Oh, right? good. I was going to ask, do you know whose small group it was? It's from Arlene. Hey, Ar- Arlene. Who's, whose group is Arlene in? Bill? Bill's is she group. in Bill? Hey, it's in Bill's group. She's in Bill's producer group. Bill's group. Yeah. All right. So, Arlene has a question that their group was discussing. We'll have to talk loud. She's in Delaware. Ah. That's not how the internet works. <laughs> oh, okay. So, she wants us to talk about Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20, which is the parable of the sower. Sure. Okay. Uh, and here's the way she frames the question. She says, I know Jesus spoke in parables, and at times no one understood him unless he explained them. Even the disciples sometimes didn't understand him, just like this parable. 
But Jesus then explains that he taught so that he taught that way so that those who have ears would hear and they would understand. So our question is, why would Jesus teach like that instead of just making it simple for everyone else to understand? So let me give a quick recap for those of people who are confused. Uh, Jesus tells a story about a sower, and it's it's a parable. It's a story to make a point. And uh, as the story goes, uh, a farmer goes out to sow some seed, and it goes in lots of different ground. There's a, the rocky soil that it falls on. There's a path where the birds come and eat it up. The rocky soil, it, come, it doesn't really sprout up, or it comes up quick, and then it falls, and then... Uh, what's the, the third one? Soul. The thorny soil where the, where the weeds choke it out. Uh, but then if some of the seed falls on good soil, and that's what produces the crop. And so Jesus tells his story, and he just lets it hang out there. And lots of people come to him, and they go, Jesus, what in the world is that story about? And he explains it to the disciples that, you know, the soil is like different types of people, people who are hardened to the word that is preached to them, people who have other things in their life that get in the way, people who get excited about it and, and it sprouts up quick, but they don't have any root or they don't have any foundation. And so it just dies out. But then there's some people that the crop takes root and it actually grows. And he said, that's how people respond to my message right. about the kingdom of God. And so one of their questions is, well, why don't you just make it plain for everybody to understand? Why has it got to be in parable form? And a lot of people have this question, you know, because Jesus goes around and the majority of his teaching is in these images, these stories, and then he'll just leave the story out there, like in this case, and he won't necessarily give them the one-to-one -one correlation of here's what this all means. And so um, it leads a lot of people to, uh, to believe that Jesus was intentionally being vague uh, to try and keep people from understanding. In fact, that's some people say that's sort of what he says. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when the so, disciples ask, he says. Mm -hmm. I, for that particular parable, I think we ought to be really clear that that explanation of that parable is not an overall explanation for every parable. No, okay. not So when he says, I, you know, those that have ears to hear will hear, we can't say that then the parable of the prodigal son is so unclear that mm -hmm. everybody standing there didn't right. hear, didn't understand That's true. what was being said, and that there weren't other parables that were really clear. But uh, that yeah. particular parable, mm -hmm. Jesus was intentionally making so that it would reveal how willing you were to really think about this. It mm -hmm. really is about how diligent you want to be in trying to understand. Mm. Well, but I don't. Even, I even think with what you're saying about like the, the the prodigal son. I think in the terms of what Jesus. I think, means by clarity, I think the prodigal son, probably the people who listened, felt unclear at times in the sense that they wouldn't understand why God would behave that way. You know what I'm saying? Well, but we know that that, so there's a difference, I think. So those three parables, you know, they, they come in a series of three, I think actually four, I think you have to include the one that comes right afterwards because just, just because somebody put a chapter sure. division there and Jesus didn't. Uh, but it says he's answering, why does this man hang out with people like this? Mm -hmm. right. He's specifically answering a question. This does not come as a response to a question. Yeah, Jesus is just throwing this teaching out there. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of like the, in the story. <laughs> yeah, just right. like in the story. Right. He's just throwing this out there, and it's about revealing, you know, if I... It, how willing are you to be open to hear and to people that can hear it and get it 
it reveals more about them than it does my method of teaching. Mm-hmm. I, I jotted this note down, a couple of thoughts I had on it. I, one of the things that I, I said, I believe what Jesus is trying to do specifically, like you said, in this parable is he's inviting people into a conversation mm-hmm. or further exploration mm-hmm. to see who who really is interested in what I have to offer. That's right. And um, and it goes also goes into what we've talked about around here. The one thing we know that God is interested in from people is that they trust Him. That's right. That's what Jesus was after. And this is a form of that. That's right. It's a, a say. You, I know you may not understand everything I said, but are you willing to at least lean in mm-hmm. to to follow me to to learn more? Are you at least intrigued? The people who are just like, oh, I'm done, most likely wouldn't accept even if they were explained everything right. to the letter. Right. Yeah, if you want to argue, you can argue no matter how clear I make the subject. Mm-hmm. And if you're really looking to understand, it becomes clear that you're looking to understand not too far into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus decided to teach the disciples when he gives a full explanation of this. I don't think because he looked at them and go, they really all want to understand. He really wanted them to know, and he knew that deep they needed to understand it. So he gave them full explanation of what was happening. Now, clearly, some of them wanted to know because we know they asked. Mm-hmm. They asked, "What does this mean? Why do you teach the people mm-hmm. these way, this way?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "But we know Jesus spends a lot of time in the, the uh, at least more than once in the gospel, thinning the crowd." That just because everybody comes around, and I think I said this when I taught this a few weeks ago, and when we look at all the people following Jesus, we have a tendency to think all of those people, they they believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. No, they liked the miracles. Mm -hmm. They liked what he could do. And it became very clear when he wouldn't do everything they wanted to do, they weren't that interested in him. Mm -hmm. They wanted what he could do for them, not what he wanted to have happen through them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And don't you think this is true as well? Because I, I just had this thought. Isn't it true that no matter whether it's Jesus teaching, whether it's one of us teaching you know, any in any scenario, there's always a, a point where you just have to you have to be done and mm-hmm. you don't teach everything. That's right. And there is this sense of if someone is pro- proves themselves to be what Jesus would have called good soil, they're still leaning in. Mm-hmm. They're still ready for the next thing, and and it leads them somewhere. It's an it's an act of following mm-hmm. to to take what Jesus says. And I say, I'm gonna think because this is what I do when I hear somebody like you know the one we all love. We love to hear Dallas Willard teach. He's uh-huh. such a great teacher. But one of the things I love about him is he'll say something, and I'll just go, you know what? I'm gonna have to sit with that one right. for, for a, a week or so. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going back through and I'm reading his book right now, The Divine Conspiracy, rereading it. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading it way slower than I did the first time. Because every sentence is thick. Just about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he's, got it, he's got it, basically, each chapter divided into some small sections. And there are some nights that I'll read it and I'll just stop and go, that's enough for me to chew on mm-hmm. probably for the next few days. I'm going to live on with that for a little bit. and But... I always want to come back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the posture that Jesus wanted his followers to have mm-hmm. and the reason why he chose to teach this way. Well, I know, and you guys know this, either in discipleship, which is a closer teaching relationship that you have with two or three people, mm-hmm. or people that after you get up and teach in front of a crowd, 
it's the people that come to you afterwards and they have questions. Mm -hmm. And there are two kinds of questions I've had in the times of do well. I guess they're more, but really they, they're, they're two tones. One is, I have a question about something you said, and I want to show you how wrong you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. There's another kind of question that people are, I, I, there was something you said, and I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. And they're not really trying to prove anything to you. Mm -hmm. They want you to show them the way. That kind of question becomes a whole conversation that can lead to places that really are, I would have never gone in the teaching because this person is now trying to apply it to their life. Yes. And that's ultimately where it has to get. So when you're standing in front of a group of people, even a group of 10 people, I can't teach it well enough that it applies to all of your lives. Mm -hmm. But when we have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, if you're good soil and you want to talk about it, mm -hmm. we can probably get there. Yes. And in that, you'll probably teach me something too. Yeah, if you're good soul. If you're good, if I'm good soul. If you get right, two that, good souls together, yeah, that ought to happen. That's exactly right. I think, too, the way Jesus teaches, I think maybe the heart of this question is why would Jesus teach in a way that not everyone could get? Because I think at the heart, it's a misunderstanding of how Jesus operates. I think we think that what Jesus is trying to do is to convince as many people to follow him as he can and I don't think that's what Jesus is trying to do. Mm. And I have to be careful in myself when I present the gospel. I mm. realize this a lot. You know, we live in such, and I think everyone has, but I mean, we live in a very marketing-rich world, which is I find what you really want, whether it's what I'm selling or not. Yeah. Mm. And I try and convince you that what you want is solved by my problem. And Jesus is very... I think, is trying to show this is what the kingdom is like. Mm. Everything he does, and this particular one is he saying, this is what the kingdom is like. I am putting seed out. Seed could grow. <laughs> this seed contains everything you need for it to grow. But if it lands on a rocky soil, it's not the seed's fault it doesn't want to go. That ground is not prepared for the, the seed to grow. And I think this is what happens a lot with Jesus is, I don't think he's. I think sometimes he's being purposely obtuse about things for the reasons we said. Probably he wants too. people mm -hmm. to pull in, yeah. but I think sometimes Jesus is not being up. Like that's why I was trying to say about even with like the parable of the prodigal son. There were people who heard that and go, "I don't want that." If that's how God oh, yeah. is, mm -hmm. I don't want that. Yeah. And I think even things we hear and we go, "Wow, that's so attractive to me." And this is what's hard, I think. And this is where Jesus says it's a gift of grace. It's, a, it's just a gift, and I don't know why some people get it and find it more attractive than other people don't find it and get it. And those are all different kinds of discussions. And even among Christianity, there's some of, did God determine that they wouldn't get it? Or is that on them or something with the way? I, to me, it's that it's a gift of grace, and I can't tell you why sometimes the wind blew the way it did and why mm -hmm. it didn't. But there are some times where certain parables are very attractive. And I was just listening to someone talk about this. A pastor in his 70s say, when you read the parables, they mean one thing to you when you're 17. They mm. mean another thing to you when that's you're right. 40. And they mean another, because that's the way all good literature is, the way he talks about it is, it hits you in different ways. And I think, so to get to that, what I think Jesus is trying to do in general in his ministry, he is never trying to convince or coerce or force anyone to even, to even feel overwhelmed to come into the kingdom, he is trying to, as faithfully as he can, present this is what it is like. 
and you may not want that, and that's okay. I want to give you all because that's in the warnings he gives. He goes, just so you know, it's going to be really bad for you when yeah. the kingdom comes if it's not what you want. Mm-hmm. But I am not going to somehow change what the kingdom is and try and convince you, right. hey, this will do something for you that it won't do for you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think, and once again, you talked about Dallas. Dallas is the one I, I remember here say that God, God set up the world in such a way that think that you could be governed by what you want to be governed by. And he said, if you want to live in a world where God is active and doing things, then you do see miracles and you do see healing and you do see that prayer works and you do this. He goes, but if you want to live in a world that is a closed universe where things only operate by the law of physics that we understand currently, Mm -hmm. he said, you will see everything as coincidence. And he goes, and God allows that because God is allowing you to choose what kind of world you want to live in. Mm And I think that's what Jesus is doing. He is not just showing up all the time revealing his, you know, God Christ form of the transcendent, mm-hmm. you know, glowing robes. He's speaking in things that if you want to understand, you can. And I think sometimes for me, so I, I, Arlene, probably for you as well, sometimes I hear that and go, but if he loved us, wouldn't he just, wouldn't he just, wouldn't he just make it so clear that no one could choose anything else? Mm-hmm. And I think it's because of his love yes. that he doesn't do that. That's a good point. Yeah. It reminded me of a, a guy that I, I listen to pretty often. He's, a, he's what we would call an apologist, which you know, it's a fancy word. That He's one of those people that try to convince people that the claims of Christianity are true. And he says a lot of times uh, when I can tell somebody wants to argue a point with me, he said, I'll just ask him a question and I'll say, can I just ask you one thing? If Christianity were to turn out to be true, would you still become a Christian? And he said the amount of people who will look at me and say no, is shocking. He said a lot of people don't have a hard time with that. He said, but I find that that's very true, that there are just folks who don't want it to right. be true. And so they, they're trying to come up with reasons, he said, but they're not necessarily on a truth quest. They're more on a happiness quest. And so so my, my point in bringing that up is I think Jesus also knows that about people. Right. I mean, he's God. He he could see, and we see many times in scriptures tell us, he could see the motives of men's hearts and yep. women's hearts, and he could see what was going on, what he would, he would discern what they were thinking. I think he knows when he teaches who's open and who's not uh, right. open to it. And he understands all I need to do is throw out this amount of seed and or, or throw it at this person. And they're they're good soil. Yeah, the people that want to hear it will get it. Oh yeah, they will get it. And 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 even if it's just a little, and and that it causes them to ask a question, they're leaning in. Yeah. And for those who aren't, it doesn't matter how much you could dump the whole pile of, of seed right. on them, and it ain't gonna matter. Um, and I and that's not a, it's not necessarily a criticism. It's just the way things are. Right. You know. Well, it's just a it's a it's a uh, you know. It is a revealing, as you've already said. Mm-hmm. It is a revealing of what is there. And love is me choosing. And this is, I think, what is difficult. This is currently, for me, the most difficult part of me following Jesus uh, is learning that I can love you and think you are doing things that are bad for you. Yes. <laughs> that I can love you. And obviously, there are times I have to speak that truth to you. I'm not saying that I don't ever speak the truth, but I also don't beat you over the head with that truth. That once it's become clear that you and I don't agree and I think what's bad, that then the right response, I'm not saying always, I'm not saying always, but that the right response always isn't, now I cut you out of my life. Because mm-hmm. I told you, you didn't listen, that's it. It may be, 
I love you. I'm still with you. You're still making all the bad decisions, yeah. but I'm going to love. I'm going to still be involved. Yeah. And that that's what I think when you talk about it, that it is a loving response that Jesus would come and be among people that he would know you're not going to choose to do what I want well, you to do. Well, if God is love by his character, and I, you know, as you were talking about withdrawing love when somebody, I think as children get older, if you parent correctly, <laughs> you realize there comes a place that I'm always going to be loving this person while not agreeing with everything they right. do. Yep. And the longer that, that I live, the more that will be true because at some point, if I'm blessed to live long enough, this person who I started out in the position of their caregiver will be my caregiver. Yeah. And if I haven't developed the relationship enough of, I can do a give and take. I can do, I, I don't have to be the one always controlling everything. That's going to be a tough, tough situation sure. to get into. And God is constantly loving toward me. But love doesn't always, my response to somebody does not always allow them to fully express their love the way they would want to. Yeah. I may... If I have a child who's rebellious and doesn't want to live in a way that we can be in close relationship, I can fully, totally love them, want the best for them, but if I express that in the wrong way, I will help them go worse into their addiction. Mm -hmm. or in the, I have to limit my love for their good. Doesn't mean I cut them off. Doesn't mean I never ever stop loving them, but... I have to give them a chance to have, if you have ears to hear, yeah. I, here's my offer. And if you want this, I want it. I want so bad to fully love you, but it doesn't yeah. mean I don't love you. No. It doesn't mean I, I can't force you to go to rehab. I can't force you to do this. I can't force you to get a job. I can't force you. Yeah. Well, and I think <laughs> saying what you're saying, you know, because of my wife and I and our, our kind of parenting situation we often are reading books about kids who have disabilities or kids who have how do you parent in these situations that one of the loneliest parts about being a parent with a kid who comes from just a uh, you know i can't think of what the phrase they use because no one wants we're all very politically correct it's some kind of like a non-normal but that's not the right word because you don't want to say non-normal but just different non-typical situation is it said that you can't parent and show love in the way you want to and they said the urge that you have to fight against is to say that you are still showing love it just has to look different right. that you don't but I, I to what you're saying i think that's the nature some of us do is there's a way i would like all my relationships to look and feel and do this there are ways i wish god would treat me and i wish god would do things but the nature of me being a person and this person being a person and god being a being god being a person god being in that is it looks different in every situation. And what love always is, is what is best for this other person. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the most loving thing I can do may feel like the least loving thing I can mm -hmm. do. But it is best for you, like you said, that maybe I withdraw resources or supporting you in hope what you're you see doing. That, hope you see that you're going to have to change. Right. Mm -hmm. This is what's best for you. And it feels unloving because in our mind, well, you know, and especially in a situation where you've got multiple kids, you're like, well, with this kid, I did do this and I'm not doing that with this kid. But you have to get to every person. And so to bring it back to God, I think God does the same thing with us. That God does not parent all of us the same. That God looks at each of us and goes, I am tr always trying to work and move in such a way 
that it is what's best for you, uh, but it may not be what I want it to be, mm-hmm. and it may not result in me turning and coming back. But God's aware of that, right. and because He loves me, He allows that to happen. And I think that's what Jesus is doing with parables. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice bow. Thanks for putting that on there no, for us, no, Nathan. He just put a bow on it for bow. me. So. I'm Mr. Bow. Bowed yeah, it. Bowed it. That's right. All right. Uh, we got about five minutes left in the podcast. Good so for us. My question is: Can we just talk about anything? Can, no, 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 no. He's got some. I'm asking you: Can you can you do a can you do a quick hit? No. Can we do a quick one? Yeah, we got we can. This is something it. new. Let's give, let's that give it a shot. I, oh, I'm wanting to introduce, new thing. I'm wanting to introduce into the podcast because we get questions that I think don't necessarily warrant a long conversation, but we can just answer real quickly. So if we can do it in about five minutes, I think we can. Okay. I'm a, I'll, I'll, I, I will. I put a bow on the last one. Yeah. I'll bow out of this conversation. Let y'all do the quick hit. That'll reduce our. That'll a, reduce our. I think stuff. that's a cop out there. I'm t- that's fine with me. I'm gonna zip okay. it up. I'm right. copping out. All right. So we're wasting our time. So let me get to it. Here we go. Ah. <clears throat> Why did the Roman soldiers divide Jesus's garments and cast lots for them? I know it fulfilled part of the prophecy about Jesus, but what was the motivation for the soldiers? Money. Yeah. <laughs> they they wanted money. They did. They were greedy, and uh, they saw the guy dying, and he wasn't going to use his clothes anymore, so they yeah. wanted it. And they talked about how one of them was a, a woven thing made out of, it was, it was. a very pricey. Jesus had this robe was worth a lot. And they go, nice. yeah. he ain't going to need that. No, sir. One of us should have it. Yep. Let's play a game while he's dying. I think, it speaks to, <laughs> I think it just speaks to also to the cruelty of the Roman government. Of They were about completely degrading and humiliating yep. people when they crucified them. I think this was another way that they would degrade. I mean, a lot of people, you don't see this in the paintings, but Jesus was hung naked on that cross. Right. Uh, that was a part of the humiliation. And so they, they stripped him down and they just took what they wanted and just de- dehumanized you. That was part of the punishment. It wasn't just physical suffering. It was... It was emotional suffering. It was yep. all of that uh, rolled into that. So, uh, yes, it did uh, fulfill a piece of prophecy. I don't think the soldiers had any clue because they they weren't reading the Old Testament, but uh, it was something that was foreseen, and God made it uh, happen. So, The good news is, ever since the Roman Empire, we have never had a kingdom or government that has ever dehumanized or corrupted anybody. So I told I you thought, we only had five minutes. Okay, I, thought, I was bowing out of one conversation to get into a new one. I would like to drop this bomb and then yeah, sign we'll just off. just leave it there. No yeah. government has ever all, done All governments build people up. This help everybody. Because authorities have never stopped oh, no. taking stuff no, that they shouldn't have taken. people do not take things. Never happens. Mm-mm. Never. All Human right. beings have come so far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah! Progress. If I had, Progress. you know, people don't need that anymore. I will take that, and make money off. That never happens in <sighs> our day. Twenty-first century, advanced. So I just want to say congratulations. We did that in five minutes. And, five and minutes. got less in, than five minutes. Less than five minutes. Okay. So thanks for. Doing got another that. one? Uh, I do not. All right. But maybe we will. And then come. Do we weeks. have a certain length we have to hit, or somebody gets upset? Uh, I'm. I, I have an internal clock that I'm trying to keep. Just because I know oh, people's, Lord, I don't want to offend that. People's I'll, attention Next spans. time you see me, I'll be on a stool. It's shorter if we break the internal clock. <laughs> we, have a, we have a fine podcast audience that I'm trying to respect. Okay. I love my audience. Okay. Your audience. I'm trying to take care of them. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, now that you feel taken care of, and I, have, I have gotten this done in 30 minutes, we'll see you next week with more conversations that might matter. That might. <laughs> that might. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Y'all have a good week. See you next time. Bye.